my spring camp depth chart might be different than yours. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening wherever you get your uh, your podcast, we are free and we do appreciate your support. If you are watching on YouTube and you are enjoying the show, there's that like button. It's really appreciated, as I said. And if you haven't been a subscriber yet, also, there's that subscribe button. Do me a favor. Join the other thousands who have and become a subscriber. Okay, so this episode of Locked On USC is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com, Locked On today to get started. All right. I know everyone continues to remind me that Alex Grinch uh, is in their crosshairs. They're going to be focused and dialed in on him. Uh Throughout the offseason, going into spring camp, heading into fall camp, and definitely during the season. Now, I know this. Everybody out there in the world knows this. You think Alex Grinch knows that his uh, how tenuous his relationship is with the, uh, the Trojan family? Rest assured. Uh, the USC def- defensive coordinator, he knows he has to get his side of the ball figured out ASAP, or uh, he's going to get run out of town pretty quickly. He's not going to have a choice. I don't think Lincoln Riley's going to have a choice. The person who writes Lincoln Riley's paycheck, most of all, won't have a choice if that side of the ball does not show any signs of improvement in 2023. Uh, and, you know, and lately, there's there's been a lot of movement in the transfer portal. People say, well, no one, you know, defensive players don't want to come play for Alex Grinch. That's why USC's recruiting class was so poor. Meh, maybe there, there might be some validity to that. Um, you know, the other part of the equation is the whole NIL aspect of things. In other words, there's, there's a lot of layers to this. But with that being said, uh, you're still seeing some pretty high caliber uh, defensive players leaving programs where they are entrenched as starters. And I'm not talking about lower level programs. Um, they're coming to USC. Now, uh, and again, it's only for a year. Nevertheless, uh, they're coming. So can, uh, you know, can, this, can the transfers, can those guys save Alex Grinch's job? Or is USC's offense going to need to score 60 points a game? I was on a conference call earlier today before I started doing this show for your Wednesday Locked on USC episode. And I was doing this with uh, some of the others who uh, who are in this industry. Uh, some from the SEC, Sunbelt, Big, elsewhere, around the country. And I was asked specifically about two players on USC's roster, defense, Shane Lee and Romello Height. Look, if you've been following along with my intrigue list, then you know both of those guys 
I've already mentioned them. Uh, maybe they should have been a little bit higher on my intrigue list because, uh, again, I'm being asked questions about these guys from, from other guys around the country. Uh, one of the uh, unbiased opinions said, Shane Lee should not be starting at linebacker for USC in 2023. My eyebrow went up a little bit. Okay, that's a curious comment. And he just kept going. He said, yeah, you know, it's it's his T-Rex arms. Now, this is not my description. Those were his words, not mine. Um, He he continues, you know, this guy actually, he said, Shane Lee needs help finding his pockets on his front pants, the front pockets on his pants. Again, not my description, but I did chuckle a little bit um, because when when I stopped and thought about it for a second, it's like, you know what? Shane's measurables, he doesn't have the longest arms. And that was the point uh, the the guy was making. It's like, you know, we understand that Shane got hurt last year and he was playing with one hand, but, you know, Shane Lee in open space, um, he sometimes is a liability. Uh, Nevertheless, he had that pick six, you know, return for touchdown. Um, So, again, is he the right linebacker for the scheme? You know, that was part of the discussion. Uh, I've already raised the what if, you know, Shane Lee was a captain last year. He's going to be a more than likely a captain in 2023. What if he's not a starter, though? And uh, look, that's the perfect segue. Let's just get right into the defensive depth chart on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Coming out of spring camp, we did offense yesterday. We're going to do defense today. And this is based on players who will be able to participate during spring camp. Maybe a couple of caveats. We're going to try and blow through this as fast as we can. Cornerback position, my starters uh, are going to be Damani Jackson, and I think Christian Roland Wallace uh, is going to step in and take over just like Makai Blackman did uh, last season when he came over from Colorado. Their backups will be Jacoby Covington and Sia Wright. The depth chart behind those guys, uh, Joshua Jackson Jr., Prophet Brown, Adonis Odie. Here's a question. Can the freshman Maliki Crawford jump any of those guys in front of him um, this spring, coming out of spring. His, he's six foot four. That length is pretty darn intriguing. Uh, Nickelback. Uh, I think the starter is going to be Max Williams. The backups, uh, let's just, uh, Latrell McCutcheon, Jalen Smith. Speaking of, what happened to Jalen Smith? He kind of disappeared last year. Um, is he is he in the coach's doghouse? I don't know. I'm just asking. Didn't see a whole lot of him on the field. Uh, depth, you got Fabian Ross. Uh, going to keep an eye on this position group. It needs to be better. Uh, again, is it the scheme? Or does, you know, Alex Rins just not have the Jimmys and Joes? Because, uh, you know, none of those guys that I just mentioned um, I don't think anybody would describe those guys as big and intimidating. Um, they're, you know, I often remember those guys being dragged on the backs of opposing tight ends. 
was that one area of Grinch's defensive scheme that was being exploited. Uh, strong safety. Starter, I think it's going to be Bryson Shaw. Uh, Grinch likes him. He was an Ohio State recruit when Grinch was defensive coordinator there. Uh, I think the backup coming out of spring. Zion Branch. Yeah. I think the staff is really high on this guy. Depth chart behind him. You got Zamarian Gordon, Anthony Beavers, Christian Pierce, the incoming freshman. Be interesting to see. Um, free safety starter, Kalen Bullock. Uh, he, look, he led the team last year with interceptions. He had five, which ranked him 11th nationally. So we love to talk about Kalen and his coverage skills. Do we want to talk about his tackling? Uh-huh. We're going to move forward. Um, he just needs to get stronger. Maybe a little bit better technique. Uh, backups, is it going to be Anthony Beavers? Uh, what about the freshman, Crispin Pierce? Here's the thing about the, all the safeties. From Nickelback, Strong, uh, Free, they, they cross-train and they get moved all over the place. You know, you've got, the, you've got your nickel package, you've got your dime package. So um, overall, I think the safeties are great in coverage. They make plays. You know, USC was creating turnovers like crazy uh, at the early part of the season last year, first five, six games. And then they, everything kind of leveled off from that point. They still have the best plus minus ratio in the country. But I don't think anybody is going to count on that kind of turnover rate like they had last year. If they do... Man, fantastic. No one's going to complain. Just tackle better. All right, here we go. Linebackers. Uh, my starters. Coming out of spring camp. Mason Cobb and Shane Lee. Backups. Rajon Davis and Jamil Muhammad. You're saying, all right, I haven't heard the name yet. Depth. I've got Taka Curtis, Eric Gentry, Chris Thompson Jr., um, Carson Tabarachi. The reason why I don't have Eric Gentry, starter, a backup, coming out of spring. One, he's not going to be – yes, he's going to be there. He's going to be extremely limited as far as his participation is involved. Um, and I want to see, again, is he missing the opportunity to try out – at? full-time at rush end. You know, this is, like I said, it's going to be interesting. Where does Gentry play in 2023? Does he stay in the middle? Does he move to rush end? By fall camp, he's going to be a starter. Where? Again, this is just coming out of spring camp, my defensive depth chart, based on who's available, ready to play. By fall camp, again, I... I I just want to emphasize it, clarify it. Gentry, if he's healthy, he will start. But what about Shane Lee? I talked about him earlier in the segment. You know, with the linebackers who have come in, I mentioned the other names. Um, Jamil Muhammad, Mason Cobb. You got the freshman phenom, Tackett Curtis. People are... We're anticipating some big things from the transfer last year from Utah, Carson Tabarachi. Rajon Davis, is he ready to take that next step? 
A lot of intrigue at the linebacker group. And again, another group where these guys are going to cross train and learn each of the, you know, each of the Will, Mike, all those kind of good things. What about rush end? I, you know, I kept going back and forth on this one. So, and I'm, I will explain at the very end. Uh, I'm just going to go out on a limb and I'm probably going to fall off this limb, but I'm going to say coming out of spring camp, Corey Foreman will be the starter. Your backups could be Anthony Lucas, Jack Sullivan, depth. You've got Romello Height, Solomon Tuliapupu, Solomon Bird, Devon Tam- uh, Tompkins. And then, you know, eventually when they get here, the freshman, Braylon Shelby, David Peavy. Uh, what if, again, what if Gentry moves down to the line of scrimmage into that Russian position? Um, right now, solo, Solomon Tuliapupu. He looks more like a strong side defensive end or a defensive tackle. Than a rush end. I mean, he's looking big and small. You know, maybe he moves inside. I someone said defensive end, and someone who would know him really well said defensive end, Mark. We'll see what that means. Speaking of defensive end, let's just jump to the defensive line. Uh, my starters are going to be coming out of spring camp, Tyrone Tulaney and the transfer Kion Bars. The backups. Again, I need to see where these guys are going to slot out, rush in, um, defensive end, uh, you know, who's going to be that next Tuli, Tuli, uh, Tuli so many Tuliaos, Tulis. Um, so I've got my backups, Jack Sullivan, Dejon Benton, Stanley Taufo, depth behind those guys. You got Jamar Sacona, Earl Barquette. Colin Mobley, are you coming? Are you staying? Are you leaving? What's up with you? Again, so this is my post-spring camp depth chart on paper, written in pencil, with a lot of scribble. And uh, there's a lot of lines to it. Like I said, this is a, a very rough draft. So we'll see who, where players are, how that, you know, I can't wait to get up to spring camp. That's all I can say. So as far as that being my rough draft, whoever drafts number one overall in 2024, they're going to have a great draft. And I'll get to that after this. First, we're going to talk about FanDuel because we're at the midway point of the NBA season. So now it is the perfect time for you to download FanDuel. They are America's number one sports book. Why do you want to do it? I'm going to tell you why. Because, new customers, you're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Loser. I think you're a winner. So just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you could bet on everything from the money line to the point scores and the threes drain from downtown. You've got to love those prop bets, right? Um, yep, I'm going to move past talking about my Lakers. I don't care because there's still one player on that roster. They made so many trades. I would have loved for that 
to be about that. Will the Lakers get rid of my least favorite Laker? Anyways, with FanDuel, it even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss out on the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to fanduel.com forward slash locked on, that's fanduel.com forward slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports book betting partner of the NBA. I really want to say thank you for making a locked on USC your first listen every day. It means a lot. It's very much appreciated. So, because I appreciate that and you making that, I want you to give. Locked on bas- college basketball a shot. It's a really good podcast. It's going to give you everything you need to know about college basketball. And it's all in one place. You're going to plus, you're going to hear it from big name experts, insiders, coaches, players. Locked on college basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you download your podcast. So, you know who's not going to have a rough draft in 2024? Whoever drafts Caleb Williams right? He's going to be the number one overall draft pick in 2024, adding to USC's list of having the most overall number one draft picks. Yes, USC is will is NFLU, and I if you've seen it on YouTube, or if you haven't, get on over there. Brent Musburger, the NFL Network, just type in and who is NFLU. It's a great watch. Anyways, um, well, Caleb Williams right now, during this offseason, he's preparing uh, to be that number one overall draft pick. And his weight room stuff is looking pretty cool. Um, I, I just, is everyone else going to be good with him? I think I mentioned this uh, already on a previous episode, but. If he looks like a linebacker running around there, are you going to be okay with that? Because he's getting pretty ripped, pretty swole. I mean, he's stacking some big weight when he's doing the squats. So just watch out for your hamstring. Let's protect that. Um, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and because he's going to be the number one draft pick and say that the – Press box is going to be packed this year at the Coliseum um, with NFL scouts, execs. They're going to make sure they get as much exposure to the NFL's next franchise quarterback as possible. Uh, Kansas City, they picked Patrick Mahomes with their number 10 pick uh, back in 2017. By 2018, by the end of the 2018 season, uh, Mahomes was already the NFL's MVP, the league MVP after his rookie year. Are you kidding me? That's nuts. Um, and his Super Bowl winning fingers, uh, as long as he stays healthy, he's going to more than likely catch and pass Tom Brady. He's really good. I mean, he is so fun to watch. So creative. Well, Caleb has already flashed his special abilities. Um, He showed those as a part-time starter 
freshman at Oklahoma. By the end of his first full season as a starter at USC, he was named USC's eighth Heisman Award winner after his sophomore year. And we already, you know, we already know the goals he's put ahead, you know, put forth for his junior season this year coming up. Um, they're out there. I've talked about it. He's talked about it. He comes anywhere close to it. Ooh, wow. Watch out. So when you, uh, when you watch Caleb play and then you, you watch how Mahomes plays already now at the NFL, you can see the similarities. And here's what's so scary. Caleb is probably already more advanced at this stage of his career. So USC has a joystick playing quarterback, a few cheat codes. Thank you, uh, viewers and listeners. That was awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. At wide receiver and possibly running back. And they have a head coach who knows apparently how to play video games because he knows all the right buttons to push. Uh, here's the thing. The schedule in 2023 is going to be more difficult than in 2022. They get three buys to start and Stanford. So they get four buys. Um, USC does not leave LA before they hit the road at ASU for their, um, their first road game. They open up at home against San Jose State week zero. Then they get Nevada. Then they get their first bye week. Then they get Stanford at home. Then they go to Arizona State. Then once that Arizona State game, they're on a nine-week schedule of, of games straight. No break. And we know what, how that final stretch sets up. You know, with the, uh, the whole Oregon, UCLA, Washington down the stretch thing there. Well, not in that order, but USC has a tough stretch. Yeah. Um, when they get to that uh, second bye week on their schedule after the final game of the regular season, if they are going to the conference championship game, they will have earned that bye week. So nobody start talking crap now or then um, for all you USC haters. I won't be listening to it. Won't be hearing it. I do have the question, though. Um, how is Riley going to manage Kayla's minutes this year? And will he make sure that the defense helps manage Caleb's minutes this year? One, so Miller can get some reps. Miller Moss, you remember that guy? Pretty good backup quarterback on your roster. Um, and that's another way to get you know, get Williams some rest on the bench. Uh, but what happens if there's a couple of losses? I mentioned it's going to be a diff more difficult schedule this year. Uh, so if there are a couple of losses later in the season, does Caleb shut it down for the postseason if the playoffs are definitely out of the picture? Again, I'm just throwing spaghetti at the wall, see what sticks not accusing anybody of anything. What I will accuse Caleb of is he's really good and he makes all the players around him just better. And that's because he demands so much attention. Uh, 
like all the attention for those scouts and the executives who are going to be making the press box much more crowded for me. Here's a hint to you, coaching fans. Go get your tickets now. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Don't think about it. Players like Caleb Williams, they don't come around very often. Every now and then, these are generational players. You know, Reggie Bush, Caleb Williams. Look, Matt Weiner, he won the Heisman before Reggie Bush did, but he wasn't on the dynamic scale like a Reggie or, or a Caleb. Not even close. What I'm trying to say is don't miss out. Don't take for granted um, because he's going to be gone after this year. Get out to the Coliseum. Make it a sellout every single home game. Everybody would appreciate it. All right. Let's jump back into my intrigue list versus the WeRSC intrigue list. See how it matches up. Just so you know where we're at. Uh, we're at number 11. All right. And guess what? It is a bingo. <laughs> My number 11. And we are a C list. We are a C.com's list of intrigue. Yeah. Ray Leak Brown. On the nose. He was on everyone's bingo card, apparently, when it was tabulated up. So, Remember when uh, we saw Ray Leak for the first time against Rice, his freshman season, last year? First game of the year. Couple of, uh, caught a couple of passes for 40 yards, rushed for just under 40, around 35, 36 yards. Uh, he even had a touchdown in that game against Rice. And after that touchdown, you might remember he struck the Heisman pose in the back of the end zone. Maybe Karma jumped up and bit him because he struck that pose before Caleb Williams got a chance to uh, because he suffered a, an ankle injury a little bit later in that game. And that probably affected his development uh, his first year in his first first season. Uh, we'll give him the ben give the benefit of the doubt to the injury affecting him a little bit. But um, it because of that injury, and it's not because he struck the pose. I'm trying to have a little fun here um that's when travis die you know it, well, it was going to be travis die's team anyways but uh, and when i say his team i'm talking about running back um it just said all right well Rayleigh, if you're not going to be healthy enough to play i'll just take over from here and as we know with travis die uh, no blocky no rocky and Rayleigh Brown wasn't the greatest of uh, blockers or pass protectors. And most freshmen aren't. They're just physically not ready yet. Um, so again, Travis Dye, Austin Jones, uh, they took over at running back um, at the top of the depth chart, at least. And so Rayleigh was used sporadically uh, throughout the season, uh, basically just about 24, 25 times through the first nine, 10 games. And then, you know, Colorado, that the worst team, not just in the Pac-12, the worst team out there. Uh, Brown, really, he got his opportunity again, and he that was he had a career-high seven carries. Uh, he caught a couple of passes. 
He had a total of 90 offensive yards. I'm pulling this from the WeRSC stuff. Thank you, Eric McKinney, for putting this all together. And he also, by the way, uh, he had a season-best 31-yard kickoff return average. And that's when he became USC, you know, he was pretty much USC's primary kick returner for most of the year. If the ball came to him and it wasn't um, kicked for a touchback, uh, he was the main guy when he wasn't forcing the issue. And that game against Colorado, by the way, um, it was, he, it started a run where he caught at least two passes in a game per game. So that's kind of, you know, you can move him around. You just don't have to line him up in the backfield as a running back. Uh, in fact, you know, he scored touchdowns in the final three games of the season. And I would think everyone would agree. One of his better games was against Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, despite, uh, well, he finished that game. Let's just, he, he finished that game. He had six rushing attempts, 61 yards. He had a touchdown. He had a couple receptions for 24, 25 yards. But whenever you say but, you know what happens. Good things typically don't come from the but. That's why I always like to use however. Thank you, Mr. Zimmerman, 10th grade English lit teacher. Miss you, man. Really cool teacher for Zimmerman. Talk with his hands a lot. I'll tell that story another day. Uh, anyways, Ray Leak, he's a big time talent, but you know, he's got to figure out what I guess Lincoln Riley has to figure out what his role is going to be. You know, you're going to line him up as a running back, you're going to you're going to move him out there, wide receiver slot. <laughs> you got a uh, you got some talent out there. You know, you've got Taj Washington who returns kickoffs with him. You got Mario Williams, who uh, also apparently returns kicks when Rayleigh Brown isn't available. And we all know about Zach Branch, who is here at Spring Camp. So what we do know is that Rayleigh Brown has the it factor when he touches the ball. Has he matured? The big question. You know, is he willing to follow his blockers when he's playing running back? Be patient. You know, instead of always trying to take the home run, go big. Um, it's sometimes just better to take what's available. You know, that's probably why when there was an opportunity in the Cotton Bowl to return a kickoff near the end of the game when you needed that big return, that's why he was on the sideline. Because he, there were times last year where he played like a freshman. Well, you know what they say about freshmen. The best thing about a freshman, the following year, they're a sophomore. So, you know what's great about Locked On USC? This show is over, but we're going to be back at you with another episode tomorrow. Because Locked On USC comes at you five days a week. So again, thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. I really do appreciate it. Make sure you go check out Locked on College Basketball. It's really cool. You can get all the inside information, players, coaches, insiders, experts. You can find that on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast. So 
until I'm back again with another episode of Locked on USC. Go check out what I what we got going over there on WeRSC.com. Some cool stuff. And I will be back again with another episode. So until then, everyone, you know what to do.